Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my guest is Ileana Gillard, and we will be talking about her new book, Emerge Triumphant, Thrive Through Uncertainty. Ileana Gillard is a two-time TEDx presenter, motivational speaker, healing voice mentor, therapeutic singing trainer, trainer, composer, performer, and founder of Voices of Eden, Ancient Wisdom, and Healing Music Institute. Born in the United States, Liliana left for France in 1991 and then moved to Israel in 1994, where she held herself at peace despite bombing during the three Middle East wars using healing, empowering techniques she now teaches. Liliana has dedicated her life to reviving the conscious use of voice and rhythm as natural healing instruments as they were used in the ancient matriarchal times. This wordless healing sound modality helps people find their authentic voices and connect to their inner calm in the midst of change. It has been clinically researched in a neonatal intensive care unit where it was proven to lower breast pressure and heart rate, increase focus, and improve the quality of sleep. Through her institute, Eliana researches and teaches the principle of thriving through uncertainty via online trainings and live retreats. She certifies healing professionals in the therapeutic singing model that is clinically proven to reduce anxiety and sets them up to use their creativity and charge for it. Her new international bestseller, Emergent, Emerge Triumphant, Strive Through Uncertainty, helps readers understand when they give their inner voice to the ability, they give their inner voice the ability and power to shine. Limiting barriers can be broken and people can become their own leaders, opening themselves up to a world of new possibilities. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.voicesofeden.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Ileana to the show today. Thank you very much. Hello, Robert. Uh, thank you. I am happy to have you with me today. Now, one of the things I, I'm going to just have to say up front is, you know, regarding uncertainty, um, I am in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So um, oh. we have a hurricane. <laughs> we have a hurricane warning oh. going on right now. <laughs> so... Should, for some reason, I lose power, you know, that will be the reason for it to happen. So, but I'm going to try and remain peaceful throughout this whole process. Hello there. Do I have you there now? Uh, yes, I'm back. 
powerhouse of a woman. And uh, it was at a summer camp. And she, I remember buying a a uh, hand drum, a hand-blown or, you know, a ceramic drum. And it wasn't what she said to me. It was how she was with me, that the way that she held me was in esteem, that I had value and that how I expressed myself had value. That was the point. And those that had an impact on me. And as I'm saying this, as I think about, uh, you know, other instances, you know, they're like a few people or, you know, few things that when we hear kindness, it makes a huge difference. And that I find, you know, jump forward, you know, four years, you know, a bazillion and one year later. Even today, you know, amidst, amidst uncertainty, it's like today it's how we, you know, how do you speak to yourself? And I am finding that so much that you know, learning the same lesson again between that wise woman of myself and the frightened child inside, you know, the vulnerable one, because we each have these different parts inside of ourselves and how we, you know, how we speak to ourselves and how we use our voices. It can be very therapeutic and it can be very self-destructive. And when you don't pay attention to, when you don't stop long enough to listen to yourself, you end up, you know, putting your foot in your mouth or screwing yourself royally, and you don't even realize it. Because we're usually yeah. listening to that voice. And, you know, that that wise woman was, you know, she was an impetus to my trusting my voice and using it uh creatively to uh to be in alignment with my inner truth and expressing mm-hmm. connecting inner that to to that inner clarity and then bridging it to outer expression yeah yeah now that with that kind of wisdom that you got. Um, and as you were, you know, going on in years, you uh, came to the U.S. And, and up to the point of you were working a corporate job. So tell us a little bit about that that corporate job and then the, the shift to Europe and, and kind of how that all came about. Sure. Um, I, uh, I spent the beginning of my career, like a lot of people, maybe some of you listening, you know, doing what would what I thought I was on this dual track of you know uh, something pulling me from within but I had no words for it you know that part that you know you know something there's a hunch or something but you have no words for it and it doesn't make sense you know that's pulling you and then that's one track and the other track of 
living according to, because you got to make a living and, and uh, getting ahead and manifesting. <laughs> I don't know, I'm from California. We achieve our enlightenment. <laughs> I start getting you enlightened here in California. I don't even know I'm in South Carolina now. I spent most of my time in, in California. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I would, you know, I, you know, I was always industrious, so I applied myself, you know, and things would look good on the outside, but just with every step, I would feel worse and worse on the inside because it, there was a disconnect between whatever that inner voice was guiding me towards and the way that I was living in the world. But it looked really yeah. great. It looked very sexy, you know. Had the, you know, toys and prizes and, and you know, was moving ahead. And But honestly, I, every year, two years, I'd move ahead, but Mm-hmm. Now, I've never said this out loud before, <laughs> certainly not in public, uh, but honestly, it was that I felt so awful that I was really running away from myself. It looked good on the mm-hmm. outside, but I'd get another job to think, oh, it's going to be that. That'll bring me forward. That'll be more creative. That will help me. But I didn't really even know what exactly. And the hardest thing for me was that it looked good on the outside, but inside it was kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde existence. It looked very sexy on the outside, but inside I felt like a failure. And so then I'd work yeah. harder. I'd do something to, you know, to. I, I, even just saying it, it makes my stomach, stomach turn right now. Uh, but that's how, you know, that's how I lived until, you know, then there was the, God bless the recession. And, you know, I was in California. It hit very, very hard. And the company I was working for downsized. And they said, well, we're not firing you. We're just not continuing your position. You have missed another job. And, you know, and we'll keep paying you. You know, I was get, got severance, but I heard that word job, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, kill me next, you know, if, I, I don't think that man, woman, you know, that a human being, that our role in life is to be a job. You know, like we each have a gift. I knew that from a very, very young age, and I said, when I'm older, I'm going to have friends all over the world, and I'm going to go visit them. <laughs> And it really, I pretty much have lived my life that way, you know, when I look back. Um, you know, but at that point, um, that was the first jumping off into the unknown. I could see that in another 20, 30 years, everything was going to change, that, you know, things were going to fall apart at the seams, and that I had a window of opportunity to make changes before I needed to. And uh, mm-hmm. I figured, all right, in another 20, 30 years, everything is going to fall apart. But if I make my changes now, if I jump into the unknown, then I'll already be on the other side of those changes, and then I'll be able to really be of service to people. And so, yeah. and, and what got me to, you know, the, this thing of overseas, 
you know, I didn't know what that meant, but it was always international at that time, and, you know, the, the wise woman, like she was a Yemenite woman, I loved music from around the world, you know, what today would be like ethnic music, or, you know, ethnic folk music, and percussion instruments, and I just, just moved me. But it had no relevance. I mean, it didn't, how does that connect to anything in L.A.? You know, in Hollywood, it was like a non-sequitur. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I decided to jump off into the unknown, and when I dared, uh, when I dared, you know, say that to my friends and my family, they just, thought I was nuts. They just thought I was nuts. Yeah. You know. Well, that's not well known. It's going from a structured corporate environment, you know, for some time. Yeah, because it's not serious. My mom would say, well, how are you going to earn a living? You know, two plus two equals four. And another <laughs> really close friend who I confided in, you know, she was like, one of the first people I told you. You're running away. Don't you know you take yourself with you wherever you go? And I, you know, it was like it took so much courage for me. Say that, and I, you know, I didn't speak with her for a few months. Or, you know, we were part of a you know the community, and I didn't go back. But I really, I it, it triggered something in me. I thought, am I running away? Am I not? And eventually, I got the clarity, and the answer was, no, I'm not nuts. I'm not nuts. I'm not running away. I'm going towards something, but towards what? I have no clue, but I'm going to go towards that. And that has served me so well. To this day, it serves me so, so well. I mean, you know, in another period of uncertainty right now, um, where I, I've just come back from Europe, <laughs> you know, and I made some decisions and changes and, uh, and I haven't told my family, and uh, I haven't told my family yet. And just as I'm in this interview, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I remember that. It's like, but today, it's like, no, you know, it's like how other people respond doesn't determine what I do. Today, using the tools of this approach, the difference is is that I'm waiting until – uh, I, I put my own serenity first and clarity to really be of um, to to have because the inner calmness is most important and um, being self-supporting through the vulnerability which change brings which uncertainty brings. I think a lot of the reason why we don't dare to move forward or to live well with ourselves is that we don't want to meet the pain and the discomfort of this unknown. Yeah. You know, and 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 yet every single time I've made change or gone towards something or dared to listen and sat with the discomfort and you know, there's so many tools and and how you use your voice during that point makes such a difference. Like that's the thing that allows for the movement forward, not the other way around. We shoot ourselves in the foot saying, 
oh, when X condition changes, then I'll do X, Y. No, I'll take, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll be video, I'll leave the job, I'll speak to my partner, I'll speak my mind, I'll whatever, and then yeah. they don't. Yeah. I'm curious. You know, when, when you um, initially made that transition, you know, and, you know, to some people, the fear of the unknown um, far, you know, outweighs, uh, you know, being stuck or whatever the known, unhappy known is, you know. Now, when you told and you told your parents and your friends that, that what you were going to do when they had that, you know, oh my God reaction, um, having gone through, you know, obviously multiple type times in your, your journey where what was next was unknown, and these people knowing you, do you think that, um, because you mentioned you hadn't said a thing, you know, right yet about some of the up and coming. Do you think that maybe your um, uh, re uh, reflective uh, look at that time might um, empower them a little bit more? Or do you think that they're still as fearful? I mean, like, you know, you've gone through a lot. You, you've succeeded for your own happiness and your own peace. Um, do you think that they maybe – see the benefit in that, you know, I'm, what I'm kind of wondering is, is that, you know, through example, it seems that, you know, we can help others, you know, meet challenges, or, or in this particular case, you know, you know, I can do that, you know, facing everything or nothing, you know, a complete unknown, and, and come up thriving, then, you know, maybe my fears of my unknown aren't as bad, or could happen to be just as, you know, uplifting as hers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's such a, I really appreciate your asking that question. It's a great question. Um, well, I'm curious. <laughs> I, I'm really curious, too. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think that's, you know, that's the big key, isn't it? It's that you know, from, well, it's a, it's a way that we can really be kind and loving towards ourselves and towards other people is to remember how things work, how they mm -hmm. worked out. For the, but what happens when you're with people who don't share the same mindset or they don't see things as you do? And that's mm -hmm. where we really get that's where we really get stopped up. And then also yeah. it's a big, big, big trip and trick to master. It's like that's where the work is on the – I think that's why we get so uncomfortable and we're not willing to make the change. And we get the booby prize of being able to point our fingers at somebody else because it's this situation, it's that person. And when we do that, we can point three fingers back at ourselves because we're the ones who are choosing our life. And mm -hmm. it, um, 
I think that's really wise, actually, what, you know, what you say. I'm actually going to take that into counsel. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real-time, real-life, in-the-moment example of emerging triumphant and thriving through uncertainty. Because I really... Uh, I'm I'm about to make a lot of changes, and there's so many changes that are happening that I don't even know. It's like more will be revealed. It's like, and I'm sitting in pregnancy, waiting to speak with people, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. My mind will go through machinations and what, you know, who needs who needs a higher power or God when Elianagilad is running the world, right? You know, I want it to go my way and feel safe before I, you know, before I say blah, 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 or have the exact right words and, you know, how does that work? Excuse me, there's, uh, there's some things from the past also. <laughs> It, it, that is the way that it happens. But, but you know, the, the, um, I think one of the things that is key is that, you know, you were following um, a voice that, even though you weren't sure where it was leading, um, it was the, the goal was that soul satisfaction, you know, the happiness or the peace you know, or the contentment, you know, or maybe even the excitement, you know, and, and, and discovery, you know, those, those kinds of things. But it, it was like um, that uh, that journey of, of taking that and going through, even if some other people may view some of the things you went through as mistakes. Like, for example, you know, one of the times during your – you're doing, you were, you know, singing, you know, in the inner city trains of Paris. Now, some of the people that you told, your initial move to Europe, ah, I told you so, I told you, you know, I'm sure you probably may have gotten some of that. But, but had they known, um, you know, that, I mean, that was I'm sure that was not in your you know in your plan you know necessarily I, I'm not sure but the idea tell us about that experience of seeing in the inner city trains in Paris. Yeah, I, I, John, I, I love these questions you're asking. It's so great. Thank you. Because it, you know, it was not planned, you know, and that really brings up the question of, you know, what voice are we following? Oh, and it's so mirrors, you know, in, in Emerge Triumph and Thrive Through Uncertainty in the book, there's, I mean, there's a lot of reference to the Hebrews wandering, you know, in those desert years, you know, Free from slavery, yet not yet in the promised land, you know, in the gap. What do you do in the mm-hmm. gap? When you're making a change, when everything, when everything is shifting and you cannot hold on to anything, our habits die hard, right? You know, and we go mm-hmm. back to them and the prophetess Miriam, 
who is, most people don't know who she is. She, but if not for her, Moses would never have been born. She's the older sister of Moses. And um, in those days, we're talking pre-biblical times, um, voice and rhythm and music, they were used as healing tools, spiritual tools, not performance. And it's hard for us to really uh, grasp that because of our inculcation in the Western world. Um, but sound and music can be used in such a way that bypasses your intellect and connects you with your higher mind. Music is the only endeavor we have in humanity that balances both hemispheres of the brain. And when there are no yeah. words involved, it takes us to a higher mind beyond the cognitive, and it can quiet the anxiety. It can quiet the uh, it can quiet the doubts and the fears and the discomfort. And so those years, you know, the the time in the train. I mean, that was the trigger of this whole thing because my inner voice told me to go do that. But I, you know, I go, oh my God, you know, what do they say back in L.A.? You know, am I like, have I totally lost it? And it wasn't even what will they say. I worried for my own sanity. And what I discovered is that by making the priority listening to that inner guidance, the music that I would sing, it was never a performance. It was a process of daring to show up according to what my inner voice was guiding me to do and meeting up with the other voices that were, you know, the cacophony of other voices and learning how to let go in real time. The music itself was just a tool that enabled locks to come up. And I, I sang every day for an entire year, six days a week. It took one day off. Of it. And I never once asked for money. I was not busking. I earned mm -hmm. more money than the corporate job that I was offered that I was offered this job and I had to decide whether I was going to take it or not. And if I took it, you know, I'd have the comfortable, you know, it would be, look really good. It would be fine job. But when I had dared to meet my terror of, you know, of my own limited, you know, the own critical voices and I said, thank you for sharing, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and following the, that small, still voice instead, that just empowered me so much. It's like money cannot buy that. And thank God I had the courage to turn down the other job because I realized that I found my calling through, you know, that part of my work was to use music in such a way to help us connect deeper. At that point, 
I, I was in France. I wasn't in Israel yet. And, you know, there was no research. You know, that would take many years. And it would take several years for me even to get to Israel. And, again, I had no words for what was driving me when I was in. But every time uh, you listen to that, this is my experience. One person, you know, amongst billions. But my experience is when I listen to that voice, I dare connect with it by listening to it and then having the courage to trust what I'm hearing. And that gives me the courage and the, and the, to act upon it. And then that gives me the confidence to just, you know, be who I am. I mean, how difficult is it to be who you already are? We already are that much we're seeking. <laughs> right. Very nice. Yeah. Well, we're, I'm a little past halfway through the show, um, and Viviana. I'm going to take just a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, I want to talk about, um, you, uh, I read that you did, had done a study, um, in a neonatal unit. And this is, I want to kind of talk about that particular study and, and kind of the quote scientific you know, aspects or, or benefits of, of voice and, and sound. Okay, okay, I'll be right back after this quick. Hold on one moment. Okay. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Juliana Gillard, and we are talking about her new book, Emerge Triumphant, Thrive Through Uncertainty. And again, you can find out more about the book, as well as all of the other services, that Juliana can provide by visiting the website www.voicesofeden.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Juliana. Hello there. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so um, I was reading that you had done a study, um, and it was um, regarding a neonatal kind of environment, with 50% um, Jewish, 50% Palestinian um, infants. So can you tell us, tell us about, you know, about that study and what was it that you were looking at and what kind of results did, did it yield? Sure. Well, the, 
intention of, of approaching the hospital to begin with was when, you know, like after the, after the train and, and then moving to Israel and working with many different populations from going into the corporate world. I remember, I remember Visa bringing, you know, Visa and MasterCard. Somebody was bringing me in to like team building things. <laughs> that was very interesting. To, to, um, you know, to, uh, to a reti- you know, retirement communities, to, uh, midwives and doulas. I mean, really, really varied to, uh, to, uh, anxiety clinics. I mean, all kinds of things. And I would see that there were results in each of them, but I didn't know, you know, what exactly is this thing? And what am I supposed to do with it? It's, you know, not exactly written down. Nobody taught me it. You know, I'm a, my lineage is Levite tribe. I'm direct descendant. You know, five, it is now, we're in the middle of the Hebrew New Year, 5,738 years of unbroken lineage. That is my tradition. And um, but how do you prove that when it was never written down? In a modern world where everything is, you know, the good housekeeping seal of approval and, you know, Uh (laughs) You know, and and marketing. And my voice inside said, well, go to the hospital in your area and suggest a project. Because if in the medical world, if, if this proves out there, everybody accepts medical proof. Like, that's the good housekeeping seal of approval. <laughs> and if, you know, if you get that, then you'll be able to go back and look at what you did on a consistent basis and build a model. And if and if this is not worth anything, you'll find out, and then you go back to the U.S. and don't ask any more questions. <laughs> so, I, you know, so, again, you know, this, that inner voice or the outer, you know, or the reactionary voices. Mine is, what are you, nuts? You're not a doctor. You don't have any experience. You don't have medical training. That you think it'll laugh you out of the place, you know, just so ridiculous. And so I didn't call them for a long time. And this was like the war, uh, the intifada broke. I was presenting at a at a alternative health conference, and the war broke out, and we were in lockdown. We were shut out in the forest for two days and two nights. Ironically, in the for- Megiddo forest, which is next to Tel Megiddo, which is the site of Armageddon, like the real site of Armageddon. <laughs> God is the world, <laughs> you know. And when I got out, when I got back home and listened to the radio, because there, you know, there was no connectivity then, you know, when I got home and listened to the radio, it was just so clear that if I react, I'm contributing to the problem. Because it's just, 
that's what we do. You know, we react to the fear. We react to, you know, drama, trauma, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, generation in, generation out, over thousands of years. And so that's what triggered the go to the hospital. But as I said, I was just like, I didn't trust my, you know, I, I had to go through a process of learning to trust what that inner guidance was doing until, you know, and the war raged on and I didn't have any better idea. So one day I finally got up the courage and, you know, I called and I went over there and, and the chief physician goes, you can't come in here with, you know, look, medical. But then, it, but then, on the other side of his mouth, he said, but you know what? What we could do is we could have you come in and make a presentation to the entire medical staff. And if you want to bring all of the evidence that shows that this could work, and the medical staff agrees 100%, maybe you can do a test. So I took that as, you know, like the seed of, mm-hmm. like, some, the universe going, sweetheart, here's your chance. And so I spent my days in the library, and I I gathered like 16 different studies that had some relevance and then brought them in. And then I came in with a, a harpist as well. And it made the presentation, and, well, and of course, you know, this research, and of course, you know, that research, and, you know, the other 16 clients, of course, they didn't know it. And then we get, and then afterwards, we gave a sample of what this is, and they decided unanimously to do a test. And that test ended up resulting in a three-year fully funded research project and the letter of my life you know that um you know the same physician wrote you know when you came we were worried because it didn't seem medical you know to introduce something to the neonate but you sat with a neonate who weighs 500 grams that's one pound one with whom the entire staff, we didn't know what to do, we didn't know what was wrong or what to do with him, but when you began seeing, it proved three things to us. One, his brain is working. Two, that, um, that he's responding. And three, and that, that, uh, three, the medical staff also worked much more easily. So, Eliana, you know, we asked your patients, you know, is, is this could begin a new era for all the babies, no matter what their origin. You know, in a, in a neonatal intensive care unit, in the best of times, it's really, really stressful. You know, in a wartime, in the 50-50s, really Palestinian neonatal intensive care unit, it's ballistic. And you know, it's like necessity, again, trusting that voice um, and acting upon it, it always brings to good. And those during those three years, I, you know, it's, nobody taught me it. It was showing up, just like showing up in the train. But then after the three years, and the results were astounding. We measured 20 minutes before, 20 minutes during, and 20 minutes after the music intervention. 
And we were all waiting to see what happened in 20 minutes of the music. And it was okay. I mean, there were results, but it was actually in the silence afterwards that the vital thoughts were so astoundingly shifting and ameliorating that they measured for 30 minutes. And, you know, after, you know, after the results, then I went back and I looked at, okay, so what did I do consistently every week over a period of three years that allowed for these physiological results to happen? But it's not about the physiological results. It's that I dared to listen to that voice that took me to the hospital. I'm not a doctor. And Mm -hmm. I'm so Mm -hmm. proud that I'm, you know, my name is, I'm the instigator of it. And so many people (laughs) are being heard, 16 other researches. So when you listen to yourself and you dare act upon it, you don't know what good it's going to do. And we minimize ourselves so much. When you, you know, if you have the impetus to leave your job or you have a dream or something that's, you know, that's really calling you and you you diss yourself because what will they say or the world is falling apart and going to hell in a handbasket and no, I can't and politics this, politics that, extremism this, extremism that, Global warming this, global warming that. That's just your <laughs> drama. But right. your voice and your power is so much more powerful than those things will ever be. And I'm on this call right now because I want to honor your power and honor our voices because they're important too. But if you won't give it honor, why is anybody else going to honor you? Because you yeah. need to honor yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it goes back to that 13-year-old girl getting the, the words of wisdom, you know, that, that you felt that she valued you or she saw your value and, and that, you know, so that was, um, that was kind of that was comforting. That was you know, inspirational. And in this, you know, I think you know, in today's world, the crazy world, sometimes um, we get distracted when it comes to value as to you know what is of value to us. You know, a lot of times we are hearing those external voices. <laughs> you know, oh. What we, what should be of value to us or, you know, or, or even just, you know, incidental comments that kind of point to something other than that internal, um, knowing or that internal voice that, that will kind of always support who you are in essence. So, um, one, one of the things you know, we're really kind of zipping through time. So I want to get to the, you know, we're in a very, in today's world, uncertainty, I mean, seems to be at every, around every corner, you know, touching every single part of our lives. And, you know, what would you in your book point to as the importance of um, being kind of at, at peace? 
um, or being um, still during those particular times. So can you tell us, uh, for both of us who have a challenge sometimes, um, uh, not only um, meaning, but maybe even embracing uncertainty. So what, what can you say to us to um, maybe change, shift our perspective a little bit on, you know, not knowing what lies ahead? Yes. Well, do we ever know what lies ahead? We have a choice. We, we stay with the status quo. Mm-hmm to pretend like we're okay and it's bullshit. There's nothing wrong with it, but we don't know what's going to happen anyway, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, you know, our human tendency is, you know, we'll suffer, but at least we'll know what we're dealing with. <laughs> right, Right? And I don't know, I go back to what I'm meeting with right now. It's, I don't know. You know, you get to a point where the discomfort is delicious because, like, that's what I want to say. Don't be afraid of the discomfort. The discomfort is not bad news. It's that you've been buying the idea that Calmness and peace is you're not having any feelings, and that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like a that we that we get sold, but we have a choice how we respond. It's like I'm powerless over what gets triggered. I'm powerless over what anybody tells me, and that I get triggered. I'm powerless over the fact that I get triggered. I get triggered right and left. But I have mm-hmm. 100% power over how I respond to it. And that's wow. where the work is. You know, the habit is react. But that's me being playing victim when I do that. That's you playing victim. No one, you know, it's not a popular notion either. But that's how we live in this world, and that's why wars continue. Because it's eye for an eye. It's like 5,783 years. Nothing's changed. And everything's changed. And it's... uh, Yeah, either the world is coming apart in a handbasket. I'm I'm happy about that. Happy (laughs) is not the... No, but it's like, what's, what's so wrong with that? I mean, how great is it anyway? You know, maybe instead of Doomsday, which if you watch television or turn on your computer, that's what you're going to see. That you have a choice what you're watching. I don't watch that stuff. I couldn't have lived in Israel for 25 years if I paid attention to politics. That's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Have whatever you want. You... You can really have whatever you want, regardless of what is happening around you. I know I'm speaking this from, it's my personal experience, one day at a time, imperfectly. I'm not sitting in la di land with no feelings. 
record for 30 seconds a minute. I don't care how it is. It makes no difference. I just, I'm collecting a hundred, I made a hundred of these bands. And for every person who writes a story, I, you know, you'll receive one of these bands. And then you can reprogram your, uh, your hemispheres. And the reason I'm doing it is that once there's a hundred, then I'm going to continue with the media. Because I worked for CBS broadcast. I, I was a broadcaster for CBS. And mm-hmm. commercial broadcast in fear. And one of the clarities that I got on the train was that I was to use my voice for a higher purpose and use the media for constructive purposes. That's why I had invested in this book tour. So that I could speak mm-hmm. plainly like and um, have a voice of self-kindness and gentleness be communicated. And so that's why I'm doing this your voice makes a difference thing. You know, it's I again it's like I don't know what's gonna happen from it, but I hope that you will join me in it because imagine what happens. Is there a hundred, two hundred, you know, then then people get supported in in this solution when we're bombarded with the problem and that and you know we just have so many you know year in year out life in life out of programming of negativity but our voice is so powerful our power is so powerful it's so much more powerful than a bazillion and one years of programming but don't believe me, it's not worth it. It's only going to be worth something when you here show up as you already are by being on this call. So kudos to you. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you real quick, and then I'm going to go ahead and contribute, uh, right in and, and contribute a story. One of perfect, perfect example of that for me is when I started this show in 2010, um, I... Thought about you know doing it. And the voice in my head was, "Who wants to listen? To, who would want to listen to you? You know, uh, who are you?" And then on top of that, you don't want to even hear your own voice. But I was on a couple of radio shows, heard afterwards, it's like, "Oh God, that's awful." So uh, that was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was very clear. Who would want to listen to you? And then it was like, what if it doesn't work? And then finally, the other voice, you kind of came in and said, you know what? Just do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does work, fine. You know, it could be fun. And I'll be celebrating my, starting my 13th year next week of doing the show. You know what? In Hebrew, the 13th year, that's, it's a good luck year. It's when, it's when you come up with, yeah. Oh, my God, a fabulous story. And I think that would be so, so empowering to so many people because we each have such great, you know, each person has a gift that nobody else has, and we're meant to share it. And, you know, in today's world, you know, if, if you're in corporate work or you're an entrepreneur or you have an idea or a project, you know, today 
the human being, we're, because of technology, we're front-facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're doing. So our voices are all the more important. And when you don't value yours, or you put it like when you were saying, well, what'll, what will happen? It won't work. But the cool thing is, we're not responsible for the results. We're responsible for how we show up. We're responsible for the actions. And look at that. You know, it's like you did show up. And look at that. 13 mm-hmm. years later, we're being a service. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're now, yeah, we're at the end of the show. So I want to thank you for your time. And, and I noticed you're on social media, so I'll be following you on that and look forward to following your team. Um, and, also, again, it's yourvoicemakesadifference.com for the story? Yeah, for the story. Uh-huh. Great. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time today, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Yeah, and for the rest of the stuff, it's voicesofeden.com. That's the main website. Yeah. Oh, and on there, uh, I'll just say, and there's a free workshop on there, too, of ancient tools to help you get clear when things aren't exactly going your way. <laughs> I'll be with you that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you know, I, I really um, enjoyed our conversation today, and again, I do look forward to keeping in touch, and thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for your work and for showing up. Thank you. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Eliana Jalad, and we have been talking about her new book, Emerge Triumphant, Thrive Through Uncertainty. And again, as she mentioned, uh, you can find out more by visiting the website, www.voicesofeden.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to the Show. And until we meet again... Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit byteradio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.